G'day! It's Hayley Carr here, coming to you from my little riverside cottage in Australia. Welcome to the Super Freak Podcast. I run a boutique coaching agency from right here, my farmhouse, with clients all over the globe. And in this show, I'm welcoming you into my world, into my home, and sharing the powerful philosophies, mindsets, and insights that make super talented, super freaky people able to create crazy good results sustainably, on repeat, and almost effortlessly, so you can do it too. These riffs are inspired by conversations with the incredible people that I coach every single day, which I've been doing for over a decade, and from my own experience as a world champion martial artist. I love destroying big ideas until they're teeny tiny bits of genius that you can take with you, understand, remember, repeat, and use to create miraculous results with ease. You'll learn here about what I call yin-style leadership, keeping the spark and the polarity in your relationships, financial empowerment, slowing down to achieve more, and regenerative, sustainable success in any kind of high-pressure, high-achievement-focused circumstances. So hold on to your hats, folks, and listen out for your insight of the day. I'm going to show you how to become immune to fear, failure, and feeble thinking. And before you know it, you'll be chasing down with ease and enthusiasm what you may have thought was impossible just yesterday. Let's dive in to today's episode. Forming an opinion is a really brave thing to do, and I'm going to explain what I mean by that because <laughs> I have heard this saying before, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. And I'm not talking about um, a classical op- opinionated style of thought where we learn our opinions because they come from our beliefs and our beliefs come from experiences that we've had, emotional events that have occurred in our lives, the environments that we grew up in, the communities that we grew up in, our experiences and that sort of stuff. We tend to typically form our opinions based on our experiences, of course, and form our opinions based on our beliefs. And our beliefs are formed, like I said, based on our experiences in our communities and the things that we have learned from the people that we have modeled growing up as well. But to form an opinion, a well-rounded opinion requires a lot of bravery. And what I mean by that is In order to have an opinion that is well-rounded and well-formed, we are invited to explore what all options could possibly be and then check in with which one is the option that we choose to believe. All options are usually available. And what I see a lot with people and opinions and beliefs, let's interchange the words opinion and belief because... They are really the same thing um, in a lot of ways. But in order for you to form an opinion or to form a belief, really, without questioning if the opposite is true, we become stuck in a place where there's no other choice but to believe what we believe. And I think that to form an opinion in a healthy way, you really need to ask yourself, is there an example of the opposite being true? Like, is it quite possible that everything that I think right now is potentially not true. And it's one of the bravest things that a human being can do because think about this, right? Well, I'll illustrate it with a story. 
couple of years ago, I was at a doctor's surgery and I had an issue with one of my fingers. I thought my finger was broken. I couldn't move my left hand without my finger hurting. And I was speaking to the doctor and she said, you know, we're going to send you for an x-ray. And the x-ray came back that I had inflammation in my joint and the inflammation indicated that I had potentially a disease in my blood. And I had to get this test and the disease was potentially a disease called lupus. And anyway, when I got the test, I got this number in the test. And in order for me to be then referred on to a specialist, I had to be above a certain number. I think it was above 160 or something. And my test result came back. I was sitting on the number 160. And my doctor was like, well, I'm not really sure what to do in this case. You know, um, it was a, a disease of like inflammation in my blood, basically. And I was in my early 30s at the time. And I said to the doctor, and when I went back to the get, get the results, there were actually two doctors in the room. One was a student doctor who was kind of observing. And I said to the doctor, okay, so you're not going to send me because I'm not one point over. So what do I do? You know, surely there's something that I can do to bring this inflammation or this situation down. Maybe I can stop drinking so much coffee or maybe maybe there's something I can eat. Like, you know, surely there's something. And she said, no, no, your blood has nothing to do with your health. I mean, I was left kind of with my jaw dropped open a little bit and I was like, well, um, uh, okay. Like, uh, I said, well, surely like what I eat, you know, inflammation and stuff, you know, you can bring down the inflammation with foods or, I don't know, maybe more water or something. She said, no, no. And this other doctor chimed in and said, no, what you're about to say is that your gut has something to do with it. And it doesn't, your gut has nothing. It's just a trendy idea that health people say there's literally no proof that your gut has anything to do with your health. And, um, I was quite (laughs) perplexed, I suppose, sitting in this doctor's surgery, asking myself if it was a real conversation because my experience in my life had been so different about you know, healing my gut and the difference that it made to my brain health and and everything. So I was in a situation where there was no, um, it was sort of two against one. (laughs) I was in my head going, is this a real conversation? All right. There's no point kind of continuing it. But I felt really angry at this doctor afterwards. And I had to ask myself, like, what is this guy's opinion of the world based upon? He's done years and years and years and years and years of medical study, which he's formed an opinion on. And in his school of thought, there is no research to suggest, you know, what I was suggesting. And is he willing to look at anything different? Is he willing to look at the opposite? Is he willing? Because if you speak to a naturopath or a natural health practitioner, they will say the complete opposite is true. And in fact, my inflammation did go down from speaking to a natural health practitioner. And maybe this was an extreme circumstance, but I'm getting to a point here with my story is that sometimes in order for us to change our mind or change our opinion, we actually have to face the fact that maybe what we have built our life upon is also not true. Maybe everything we've built our career on is false, is not true. Perhaps everything that has made us the money that we make and gives us therefore the security that we have is now gone. In order for a person to change their mind, change their opinion, change their beliefs, they have to first on some level be willing to admit that what they believe is potentially not true, aka wrong. 
wrong to them, right? It's subjective. Right and wrong is subjective in, in a lot of circumstances. It's about what works. But that's my opinion. <laughs> so let's think about, you know, people's money beliefs, for example. If someone was to believe that money is so hard to come by, it's so difficult to keep, it's easy to lose, in order for them to change their opinion about that, they would have to look at where they learned that opinion how that has formed, how it's shaped their life, how it's shaped the career that they've chosen, how it has shaped perhaps their family beliefs and the systems that work in their family and how, what their family believes as well. And it can be really challenging to look at like everything I believe. This challenges everything that I've grown up knowing in my whole life. In order for me to change an opinion, change my mind or develop a new opinion of myself, I have to admit that perhaps an example of the opposite is also true. And so I'm going a few directions with this conversation. Firstly, if you ever believe that you don't want to be true, just ask yourself, is there another option for this being true? Is the opposite true somewhere around the world in some other culture all throughout time? Has someone else believed something opposite than me right now? Because if so, it is definitely a question of my conditioning and not necessarily reality. Because the things that we define reality on is what's real for absolutely every single human being. And there's not a lot of things that are absolutely real and true and right for every single human being. A lot of it is a choice for what's true and right and real for us. So let's think about time and space. We believe in time and space as a certain linear thing. We use it to be able to articulate ourselves, find ourselves mapped out somewhere, time and space, for things to be logical, for things to be ordered in what we believe or perceive is ordered, right? But if you talk to an Australian First Nations person, time is experienced in a completely different way. It's incredible. (laughs) So time is a subjective construct. It's a subjective idea. Yet we base our entire lives, our work, our social constructs, everything. We base a lot of it on this presupposed idea about what time is and how it, how it is experienced. And in order for us to change our mind about productivity, in order for us to change our ability to produce things at different rates and experience time in a different way, we first have to be able to accept that perhaps our entire construct of time is not real or not necessarily the all absolute, all knowing truth. And I find this really, really fun to think about because yes, it is very challenging, but also it is super liberating. So if you're ever wanting to form an opinion, I implore you and encourage you and invite you to start asking yourself, well, if I do have this opinion, is the opposite true also? Like what does someone who believes the opposite of me think and where are they coming from? Not only is this a healthy thing to do for you to form your own solid opinions and beliefs about the world, but also so that we can have conversation empathy, understanding between all different human beings with different ideas and different opinions and understand that everyone is entitled to believe what they want to believe, which I think is really cool. I remember hearing a story a number of years ago about one of my NLP teachers who studied as a physician, as a doctor in Australia, a medical doctor. And um, when she was teaching the allergy alleviation process, she couldn't actually teach it. She just felt like it was totally out of integrity for her to share this particular piece of content under the neuro-linguistic programming course because she said it went against everything she learned at medical school. And there's a story about her having an allergy towards cats and then doing the process and going to a party in a barn where (laughs) 
<laughs> Apparently she rubbed her face on a cat and then didn't experience the allergy after doing the process and then she could teach it, you know. But the challenge was for her was she was like, I dedicated so much of my life to learning the complete opposite of this. You know, I based a career on it. I based my income, which is obviously linked to so much security and of our identity and so much of it, right, was based upon the opposite. So to actually go there was such a challenge for this particular person because it challenged not just her idea about allergies, but like everything she'd built her life upon. And this is often why we can be so rigid and so stuck in our beliefs. We can be so rigid and stuck in our ways of being and our ways of thinking in our opinions, because not only is it just the way that we think or the way that we've been taught or the way that everyone around us thinks and feels and believes, we've actually constructed a life on our beliefs. We've constructed a career on our beliefs. We make money off of our beliefs oftentimes or lack thereof, right? And so to question it, to flip it, to admit or to think to ourselves it's potentially wrong is the most confronting thing a person can do. And this is why I say to have an opinion, to have a belief is truly brave. To really form one is truly, truly brave. So you also don't have to express your opinion. Like you're not under any obligation necessarily to express your opinion. Your opinion is valid. Your beliefs are valid. Everything that you believe right now and do is valid. It gets you a result as well. You don't have to express it into the world. You don't have to feel pressure to do so. But I want to live in a world where everybody has the right to their opinions. Everybody has the right to be heard and everybody has the freedom to shift and change according to their own level of growth, their own level of discovery, their own level of experience, and that we're all free to do so because it's very important that not only are we aware of our beliefs and aware of our opinions, but we're also aware of that opposites also exist a lot of the time and we're aware of our freedom and choice to change our beliefs to change our trajectory in life to change our paths to change our opinions to change whenever we want to choose again to upgrade to go sideways to move left to move right to shift to transform so the invitation I have to you today is to ask yourself, what are the things that I fundamentally base my life upon? <laughs> no biggie. <laughs> what are the things that I fundamentally just believe are true about myself, about life, about humanity, about freedom, about money, about love, about my work, about legacy, about kids, like everything. What are the things that I believe? What are the things I've based my life upon that are true for me? And what could the opposite be? And is that true for someone? And do I like what I believe? Is it working for me? Is it getting me a result? What's it based on? Can I change it? (laughs) I'm going to leave you with that. It's just a pondering question. You don't really have to do anything with it, of course, but it's a method of thought that helps you form really clear opinions and really um, empathic understanding of others also, but also freedom, a lot of freedom to recognize just how much choice you have. Thank you so much for being here and listening in with me today. I'm really grateful to be gracing your ears of all the things you could be listening to right now. You're right here with me. So thank you. Now I'd love to hear from you. What was your one insight of the day? How are you going to apply it? Why not tell me in a review? If you know someone who would love this, please do share it with them. It's the best kind of compliment. So you could take a screenshot, you could tag me on Instagram and be that super freak who shares what's working for you with your world. And if you want more, 
you might like to check out my website, hayleycar.tv. It's linked in the notes. It's there. You can find out about all the ways we can play even more together. And you can also get a free copy of my book and download a free copy of the Super Freak Self-Coaching Scorecard 2, which a lot of people are having a lot of fun with right now. Remember, everything you want is so much closer than you think. So stay curious, stay open and say yes. I'll see you soon.